Hello and welcome to episode 167 of the Book Wars Pod. Blah, 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 blah. I was going to say I realized that it. I didn't have that drop it. ready. He did not have it ready. There we go. Professionalism. Um, in my defense, I usually don't bring us in anymore because I'm producing the magic of audio technology. No, you've just been making us bring us in. Yeah. That's Even though it's a terrible point. idea every time. I thought it was going to go a lot more smoothly, but here we are. <laughs> I I don't know what in all your experience made you think that, Rana. You've 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 been here long enough now, you know. <laughs> um awesome. We have two very special guests joining us today uh that we are very happy to have with us. Uh first up, we have uh from the Geeky Waffle, Candice, at Candice is a Geek on Twitter. Candice, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And then also we have uh, Ashton from Rogue Pod, uh, Ash, at Ash Jeffies on Twitter. Hello. <laughs> thank you both so much for joining us. We are very happy to have you. Um, for our listeners, we are going to be talking today about Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston, wrapping up our discussion of that book. Um, I am going to not be talking very soon because I am producing and have very trouble, do- uh, very trouble, have a lot of trouble doing two things at once, like speaking and reading. <laughs> um, but before we stop hearing my voice, what are we all drinking today? Miranda, let's start with you. Hello, I am drinking a beer. Uh, this is, oh, it was only $4.50 plus 10% off. Um, a collab between Hetty Alice beers, I think they're Portland, yes, and uh, Belmont Station, which is uh, a really cool tap room and bottle shop in Portland. It's called the Belmont Lager. Uh, the Belmont Station, the the tap room, their their logo is like the tube thing, so it says Belmont Lager on it like that. Um, it's a lager. I have a Pilsner lined up for later because I've finished half of this already, but it's very exciting. Is anybody else drinking anything? I had a Jack and Coke before we started tonight. Um, now I'm drinking water to help so res- offset that. <laughs> so responsible. <laughs> I'm drinking. Surprise, surprise. Um, I have a new Bel. I've had this one before on the pod. New Belgium Belgian Reserve Honey Orange Triple. It's so good. Um, I had one in my fridge, and all the other beers I had in my fridge were summer beers. So it's a Belgian style ale brewed with wild African honey and fresh ground Seville orange peel. 10%, so I'll, I promise I uh, had dinner before this. Oh my god, 10%, and that's amazing. She did, we watched her eat, it was Yeah, fun. you all watched it, sounds weird, but yeah, sorry, I didn't have great time management today. Um, I don't remember where the hell, I think they brew this, oh yeah, Fort Collins, that's what I thought. Uh, in Colorado. That's my story. Cool, thank you. On to the next one. 
Candace, how about you? Do you have a drink today? I'm not drinking any alcohol, but I'm drinking LaCroix, which is the most Floridian thing ever. It's a sparkling lime water I'm trying to get off of Diet Dr. Pepper. So that's my way. Oh, I've got some seltzer in my car I need to bring in. Thank you for that reminder. Um, I'll join the seltzer party here. I am drinking because I really wanted to curry some favor with Rana, um, a grapefruit polar seltzer. I do approve of polar. It's true. Yeah. I also want Rana points. I have polar in my car. <laughs> I might have a problem with polar. <laughs> I uh, Grapefruit isn't the flavor I would have chosen. Um, no. These are mostly here because we had friends visiting a couple weeks ago and they didn't really believe us when we told them that they needed to stay hydrated or the altitude would hit them hard. And then it's so dry. It's it's very dry here. So we went hiking and then they were like, oh, no. oh we feel like shit. And so we stopped at Target on the way home and got Gatorade and Polar. That's okay. my story. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Um, just as a reminder to our listeners, um, for this book, the organization that we are encouraging folks to uh, check out, and if you have the means to do so, to uh, donate to is Transformations KC, uh, which is a trans people of color-led organization focused on capacity building and leadership development among trans communities of color, particularly youth without traditional systems of support in Missouri, Kansas, and the Ozark Mountain region in Northern Arkansas. And you can check them out at transformationskc.org for more information. And with that, let's dive in. Um, I am not super prepared, so I don't know whose question this first one is. Miranda, I see your cursor in there. Is it yours? They're all Kate's questions. <laughs> of course. Oh, shout out to Kate, who unfortunately has a migraine because it's been raining all day here in Denver. Um, so I will ask Kate's questions. It's been questions. tornadoing and hailing, to be fair. That's true. Yeah, we we have the lucky, we, we got the lucky end of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I'll ask Kate's questions. Uh, so thinking about Padme and everything we know about her throughout star wars and throughout the the this padme trilogy that kate johnston has written uh a lot of the interludes in this book particularly frame her as a mother and a leader among kind of the the pantheon of star wars women and femmes um what do y'all think about this framing do you i mean i do you agree with it sounds like it's going to be a lot of yeses because she's Padme. But like, like, how do you think that this, this, the narrative of this book adds to that framing? I'm happy to jump in first. And um, <laughs> just because I don't have many coherent thoughts ever, so I'll be fast. Um, I am, I have mixed feelings on this framing, to be honest. Like, I think I would support it more if she had more of an opportunity to see herself in that role or if she really got to like, we see some of the things she does in Clone Wars, I think, are a little more sort of supporting this um, in that tiny little bit that we get to see of her. But um, I just kind of wish that she got to see more of her influence come to fruition. But the one thing that I want to name about this is I remember seeing years and years ago um, in that scene in Revenge of the Sith where um, the count or the Senate decides to vote in all these powers to Palpatine, um, her hairpiece is the Rebel Alliance symbol. 
And um, I've always seen like people tweet that that's symbolism for her being like the birth of the movement with her concept there and her resistance, which I don't really think is fair to everyone else involved in the movement. But also we know then that that, you know, that concept has been out in the fandom for a really long time. So that was a long-winded way to say, like, I'm cool with it, but I also would prefer if she had more agency in choosing to be a part of that. Well, well, it's interesting. Like, I'm a, like, for the record, I'm a man, so I don't have kind of a super deep connection to Padme. But it is interesting that her narrative is such, like, focused through, like, a male lens with her relationship with Anakin. And that's, like, not her fault. That's obviously a writing issue. Um so George I think the, can't write women. <laughs> I think the fandom kind of taking that back and making Padme Padme something yeah. that maybe wasn't on the page in the prequels just because George Lucas can't write women is cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to Padme and the Rebellion, there are deleted scenes for Revenge of the Sith that show her starting the rebellion with Bale and Mon Mothma. And others. So I think a lot of us just see that as canon because we were disappointed by Revenge of the Sith that she was just like barefoot and pregnant, most of it, (laughs) you know? And it was very like, she was just reacting to things. And I understand pacing of Revenge of the Sith is also a movie for children, so you got to keep it somewhat short. But I feel like it did do a disservice to her. So I think a lot of us just added back those scenes. And we're like, okay, she's not just the mother of Luke and Leia, yeah. who are part of the rebellion. She actually helped start it with Bale and Mom Mothma, who are the two leaders. I did not know about those scenes, and now I'm going to immediately Google them um, because I <laughs> yeah, they're great. Really, that like honestly totally shifts my perspective on this, and is really exciting. First appearance yeah, of no. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma as well. Yeah, yeah. So she had all her scenes deleted. And then years later, they're like, hey, we're doing Rogue One and we want Mon Mothma. And she finally gets to be like on screen as Mon Mothma. And now we have her in Andor. It's insane and amazing. And we did talk about this like in a panel that I hosted at Celebration is somebody brought up a good point. Like, does this framing of her being an inspiration to all these women, does that take away agency from the other women char- characters in Star Wars? We can say that we can see like... We can kind of like map it out be like well okay if she didn't do this then maybe Bale and Mon Mothma might not have done that and then her daughter's Leia and that's with the rebellion and all that kind of stuff but yeah so I understand like the not 100% with the framing of this book see I didn't really and of course I famously uh, cannot read and cannot comprehend what I do read Um, I didn't really like I, I think we see Padme kind of being a leader and being somebody who folks look up to in this book. Um, I do feel like a lot of it was, you know, in the context of her interactions with folks that like she already has that kind of relationship with. Like we see it with the handmaidens um, at the beginning of the book when she goes on that uh like rescue mission basically for the the current queen like obviously as a former queen she's gonna you know probably mentor these children who um you know get that role afterwards but i i also first of all did not know that the hair thing was a thing 
and am I gonna watch Revenge of the Sith later after this? Maybe. Um, but like, and Candace, what you said, I think, like, I've always just, I don't know if it's something I picked up on as a child watching these films, or if anyone ever explicitly says that, like, she is one of the creators of the rebellion. Um, there's like half a point there somewhere. <laughs> it always felt very more like. It makes me wish she didn't die for plot reasons, because when I think of like you know women leading the rebellion and creating the bellion, like creating the bellion, uh, a real word, uh, <laughs> like I obviously think of Mon Mothma, who I think we do see kind of in more of a leadership role in terms of the rebellion here, because what we do see with Padme is her agreeing to like, yeah, sure, I'll go on this wild goose chase to some planet to see somebody who only wants to see a senator. Yeah, Padme's just a really unfortunate... Charming to the last. <laughs> Padme's just a real unfortunate case, I think. Like, the, I think it's the potential of her character and the fact that she's the, the female character of the prequel trilogy, which a lot of us grew up with. Uh, but she could have been so much more had she not died. And I think that's kind of the sad thing she's just kind of limited in the narrative to being anakin's wife the thing that turns him to the dark side and luke and leia's mom yeah we've talked about that oh sorry go ahead candace i just want to add like i feel like it's just revenge of the sith in general it's not just her story where like like yoda's like i got beat i'm going to dagobah now (laughs) like you know just like peace you know and bails there when the twins are born he's like i'll take one you know, it's all very much like let's get our characters to their starting positions for the OG trilogy. So it's not just that she's a woman. It's just that like Lucas is like, I got to make this work. I had a lot of ideas. And I feel like especially with that first movie, Phantom Menace, I feel like that's her movie. Everything that happens is because of her. And you can argue like everything that happens throughout the trilogy is because of her because like attack of the clones is because she was uh, there was an attempt on her life so obi-wan and i can go over there and that's how obi-wan finds the clones so it's all like happens because of her padme so. is the most important in the galaxy and also in my heart <laughs> yeah i think just to respond to another what- happy landing to what Ash said, I, I want to name that like in because I don't expect y'all to have time to listen to all of our like shit post episodes. Um, but we've talked a lot about that in in our sort of exploration of this book in the sense that Padme doesn't just have potential; she has these amazing things that she does. And I think part of the heartbreak of her character, especially in the written version of her character and not just what we see on screen, is seeing how much she does. And the fact that she never gets to see all of it come to fruition. Um, you know, when you see her saying these things about how she, how there's time to have certain conversations later, how she'll figure out certain problems later. And you know that she only has like a very small amount of time left in her life. Um, it's really heartbreaking. It honestly, it makes me, I mean, I'm not going to cry about it, but it makes me really emotional when I'm reading this book. And it, we've talked before about all of the allegories around um, abusive relationships that uh, E.K. Johnston has been very clear she was not able to put into this that people are pretty familiar with. 
Um, but it does hit pretty close to home, I think, to folks who have seen people in those sorts of relationships who do so much and then have so much taken from them. Um, and it's really part of the heartbreak, I think, of her character that's not allowed to be explicitly explored in canon, yet that fans are all so aware of. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is just that in terms of what you were saying, Barb, about you know what was explicitly said in the prequel trilogies versus what wasn't, and what you were saying, Candace, about how this all ties into Padme, is I think for a lot of us who grew up maybe not just who grew up, people who just in our original viewings of the prequels, I think a lot of us just sort of added context to her that wasn't there based on information, you know, based on what we see of how strategic she is in Phantom Menace, based on the sort of um, more personal sides of her and also like the ingenuity that we see in Attack of the Clones, right? It's not just about the really uncomfortable love story. It's about seeing her problem solve and do all sorts of badass shit. Um, And I think for a lot of us, even if it wasn't explicitly stated, like, did I ever think of her as the mother of the rebellion? No. But did I think that the idea that she was adding all of these things and really one of the last people to stand up for this republic in the way that it was supposed to exist politically, does do I think that that ties into and forms a basis for the rebellion and for later on what we see in the Star Wars universe? That, I think, has been clear, at least in my mind, since the prequels first happened even as a kid I remember being really drawn to her character and thinking like oh this is so cool and then growing up and being like oh this is not so cool and sort of doing like a full 360 moment of being like oh actually if I can fill in the canon and I have the books and I have all this other information it suddenly um I think makes me really appreciate her character a little bit more Padme is a very capable character person space human um once again, she falls victim to George Lucas doesn't know how to write women, uh, so she does not get, um, you know, a lot of He doesn't of know how to detail. write humans. Let's or anything, to be honest. Like, he can write action. And <laughs> I don't like you either. These are great points. Um, like, he's the one who wrote the sand quote. Let's right. Be real. Listen, the guy doesn't like sand, okay? <laughs> What's amazing about him is the fact that he can't write humans and has managed to create characters that have stuck with people for almost 50 years now. That's the amazing Honestly, thing about him. I, I have just, no idea how he does it. I always just feel a little bad for Melody Hobson. Like, she's so cool. And I'm like, how do you live with someone who <laughs> just has these sorts of views on, like, how to speak to women? Well, we know with, like, even A New Hope, like, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher called him out on certain lines. Like, you yeah you don't have to say this and then he didn't direct the next two so i feel like those directors knew how to connect to people better and that's yeah. why we got like the amazing like chemistry well we also got the chemistry between harrison and carrie for other reasons there were right. some reasons for that <laughs> yeah. which you can read about in her book <laughs> you know i will never so. get over carrie fisher revealing that affair to the world and then dying like a couple of weeks later like peace <laughs> out go hey I she love did her due like, diligence Har- and Harrison Ford's like, yeah, go for it. I yeah, exactly. She told He's like, him. actually, I want people to know. Yeah. It's like Fair. everything we thought, like, when we watched it for the first time. Even as kids, I'm like, they probably kissed in real life, too. I'm like nine. And I'm like. Do you know how upset I was the first time I saw Blues Brothers as a little kid and was like, Carrie Fisher could not be making out with anyone else. This is not. This is wrong. <laughs> oh, man. I had, I had half a thought and I super Sorry. forgot it. Um, no, we all made great points. And when I say we, I mean. Only Candace and Ash, of course, our guests are the only me. ones with like, <laughs> thoughts. 
the kind of people Listen, we tricked into coming onto the podcast. I have, I have watched every, I rewatched every episode of Batman and Clone Wars, watched all the movies, read all the books, did all the stuff. She's in my head, you know? I love that. She's such detail. a good character. She's so competent. She's so good at everything through absolute like happenstance because George Lucas just can't do that. Um, and she doesn't even get to live. And I like, I don't know. I think this is just me talking about how much I love Padme. Cause like, I don't know. I was a little girl when the prequel trilogy came out. Um, there were some other reasons that I would discover many years later about that, but you know, it's like, if we let's call Padme, Anakin and Obi-Wan, like the three kind of mainish characters of this trilogy two of them are competent one of them is not oh my god he made it i was always a very fierce anadala no obidala shipper as a child i was like not now not anymore (laughs) (laughs) spicy (laughs) i mean obi-wan is not has done some dumb stuff. My little yeah. seven-year-old brain was like, they should be together. <laughs> Not them. Just friendly reminder that, like, Obi-Wan's the one who goes through, like, the window and yeah. Attack of the Clones, and then he lectures Anakin yeah. about his dumb stuff. Yeah, honestly, who trained whom. <laughs> yeah. And then we yeah. find out later that Obi-Wan also had, like, a great love of his life. We also know that Obi-Wan can't be that smart just because he couldn't even come up with like a, a remotely unique name when he was in hiding. Yeah. Like, come on. He's you, like you kept your last and name like... and didn't even change your first name fully. <laughs> yeah. And then like Luke Skywalker, he's like, it's fine. It's yeah. a right. <laughs> Luke Lars is a much better name, but like, no. They'll never find him. We yeah, put him fine. on his dad's home planet. Kept his name. Luke's probably like a Naboo name too. Right? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The worst kept secret in the galaxy. Freaking Boba Fett finds out the name and Vader's just like, what? Just <laughs> reading that comic. And it's just like, you know what? If you gave him a different name, right. Obi-Wan. Like basic witness protection. Never mind having him grow up in the same house with his relatives. <laughs> it's fine. Wow, it's just like roasting Obi-Wan time. Maybe Obi-Wan just wanted Luke to die. Maybe he was like, man, I'm really, like, resentful. I want this kid to go. Like, he killed the young, like, his dad killed the younglings. It's time for him. It's fair. Vengeance. And I I, I know there's the whole thing online, the one specific Tumblr post where it's like, actually, Leia is Luke, or shit, Leia is Anakin's daughter, and, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. It exists, I promise. But, like... You know, Anna or Obi Wan in the the prequels is very much like this kid is gonna be the death of me, which is true. But also, like Luke mm-hmm. is also gonna be the death of him. He's like, I'll watch this kid. But I was going car. into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Luke is a useless fucking twink. <laughs> he only like yeah, graduates no after he gets the Chanel boots in Return of the Jedi. You know, like. <laughs> But what you're but he stops like, being as yeah. mu- as much of a useless twink. Still, still has that quality. But yeah, a lot of people say like Leia looks like Padme, but really she's like Anakin because she has a lot of rage in her. She has a lot of mm-hmm. anger. She never forgave her father, well her her birth father. 
but that's something that I really like about these books is like you see like Padme have like a friendship with both Bale and Bria so it's like nice Mm -hmm. to see like you know it's so good they knew every time I read those scenes sorry go ahead oh yeah no it's just it's just nice to know because like you're saying like we're really sad that she didn't get to see her rebellion she didn't get to see her kids grow up but it's nice to know that like at least one of them is being raised by someone who knows her and also has the same values as her yeah and I think it helps like I think we the internet has gone over a million times that whole how does Leia remember her mom you can't just tell me because a baby had its eyes open that like it knows it's the mom. force but the idea that Does that's how force. it goes don't the you force. remember your birth immediately like she was um, actually died. um it's implied in the <laughs> sorry but, no it's a really great theory that um you know that scene before the like massacre um you see like you see Anakin Which and Pat in Revenge of the Sith looking out yeah, to each other. Yeah, that's a beautiful and, and the music that in that she's scene. At that point, oh. She's at that point force sensitive because she's carrying two force sensitive babies and maybe that's what Leia's remembering is you know, she we see in Obi-Wan Kenobi she's really good at picking up emotions so she says she's beautiful and sad which maybe mm. she picked up. They have, they have retroactively that. said that Leia has like force vision powers there's a comic, which name I can't remember, it has Poe Dameron's mother in it, where she touches where uh, she touches in Nebu where um, Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn fought, and she gets a vision of Darth Maul. So it's implied she has like some weird force touch sensitive vision thing. She also so, uses the force. Like Quinlan Vos? Princess of Alderaan. Yeah. Quinlan Vos um, has that ability where he touches objects and he gets... Yeah memories or he can see what happened there so i like all of that i mean do all i wasn't not have that hmm? no i don't know it's like it's said, like cool. quinlan and cal Kestis from cool, cool. i just oh, yeah, Cal has that. and i went like i wasn't trying to roast like just that concept and actually this all information is really helpful and but more of what i was thinking was like i have much more of an understanding of how Leia could have a sense of what her mother was like if her mother had a little bit of a relationship with in addition to the force and being in utero and all these things um I I like the idea of like maybe she got a sense of her mother's energy through the fact that her mother did actually have a little bit of a relationship um with the people who ended up raising her and who were her effective parents um and in that sense like that helps fill that in for me a little bit and seeing these scenes in this book really made me have a little more of a sense of like how Padme must have been more present in kind of a heartbreaking way like I don't you know I everyone knows I don't give a fuck about Luke but it is a little bit heartbreaking to know that like I know he's the protagonist but I don't care no I feel um, the exact same way but I can never say it I hate a chosen narrative I hate it um but uh but I can I like the idea that Leia is able to access Padme a little more just through the relationship that she's built that we see in this book sort of really taking form and actually, we see it in uh, Queen Shadow, too, a little bit with her yeah. and Bale getting to know each other. Oh, it just makes Bale, like, also more tragic. Like, like the Republic mm-hmm. ended and, like, his bestie died, too. And he it's has his, like, her daughter. <laughs> you know, it's just, I love Bale. <laughs> yeah. I kind of get the sense even that, like, they were super close. And even that it's, like, almost like a men- not mentor-mentee because she is sort of on the same level politically. But, like, that sort of sense of, like, found family of like he's a little bit older he can kind of look out for her in the sun in a little bit um we see that again in in queen's i keep confusing queen's peril and queen shadow um 
but uh right yeah yeah it's it's queen shadow i just am brain dead um but yeah that's uh i like the the idea of like how heartbreaking it must be yeah exactly (laughs) but it must be a little bit like it just adds a layer to the heartbreak i think (laughs) so in that vein one obviously parallel that we see throughout star wars and particularly recently in andor is mon mothma very much takes over kind of this role of rebellion leader um and we do we we see in a little bit in queen shadow um less is mon mothma even in queen's hope i don't think she's even mentioned she is they there's a she and Bale meet with uh, Padme before she goes on the mission to the oh, planet right. yeah. with the guy. And they <laughs> do the thing. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. When they end up like kind of ambushing a house. And ambushing Sabe, a house. Has, Sabe has to fill in for her. Yes, and, like, yes, ba- yes, yes. Bale and yeah, Mom yeah. are the only ones who know. So how does it trying to think about like how to frame this question but like obviously mon mothma taking over that role of rebellion leader from padme whereas originally you know they'd probably anticipated that they would be sharing that role at some point do you think that seeing them work together in the in the early days and in this book adds to that and and changes like how you think about that at all just makes yeah, me in the sad. Clone Wars, she seems a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, it just makes me sad. Padme oh. should live. Um, in the Clone Wars, <laughs> Mon Mothma seems a little bit more timid, mm. a little bit quieter, and not quite as determined and you know of action as she is in Andor. So I do think maybe losing Padme motivated her more. And yeah, so. What what planet is Mon Mothma from? Chandrilla. Chandrilla. Okay, that's what I that was my guess, but then um Laura Dern is also from Chandrilla, yeah. A lot of I tall women. Ga- Galenta. Oh, Galenta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chandrilla's okay. the one that they marry off at like 13. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Cool. Yeah, Thank you for coming we, to we my find out that Trandril is a weird place in Andor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so maybe and, it was and okay say, that the First Order took it out. No. A show <laughs> I have definitely watched. I appreciate <sighs> you adding that context around Clone Wars Mon Mothma because I have only seen Clone Wars once and it was a long time ago and I know I need to rewatch it and also it just doesn't quite hit the spot for me. Um, and yet that doesn't mean like I know I need to do it. I've talked about this so many times on the pod. But I think because of recency bias, because I had just watched Andor before reading this, I was kind of picturing Andor Mon Mothma in this. Um, And so you adding that context is really helpful for me because it makes me, I'm realistically, I'm too lazy to go back and reread this whole book. But if I were to do that, um, I think I would kind of be seeing those scenes in a very different light. So I'm glad that you brought that perspective up. Yeah. I think it's interesting to think about, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think maybe she's that way in Clone Wars because all the Senate scenes usually are about either Padme and like Bale's there a little bit, but they just didn't have like enough time. Like Padme only has like a handful of episodes even in Clone Wars where it's just her focus and like the Senate. So yeah, I think they're just like, well, look, 
She's friends with Mon Mothma, but Mon Mothma's not going to be taking too much action at this point. Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting to think about how Padme's death may have affected her and been like, okay, now I have to like be the outspoken kind of like Padme was in the Senate. Um, and maybe that, I don't know, maybe that emboldens her a little bit. I'm not sure, but. Well, something that we see recently in Bad Batch season two is Senator Tucci is very much mm-hmm. kind of taking Padme's, not Padme's place, but kind of she's emboldened too because she was a bit timid too at the beginning of Clone Wars. And we even see her in the red and gold that is very similar to what Padme is wearing in Phantom Menace, like her iconic look. So I feel like, you know, Padme's out there inspiring people in the galaxy. Again, uh, not to add another show that I have not watched all the way through. Don't look at me like that, Chris. One one of these days, you are going to see Star Wars, and you're really going to like it, Miranda. I'm confident. I hear it's great. Is that the one with the little wizard boy? Like, In a way, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's, yes. It's, it's, it's space magic is what it is. I mean, um, technically, Mandal- Mandalor- uh, Mandalorian even has a little wizard boy, Grogu. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have seen the Mandalorian all the way through. <laughs> Burb's not a fan of shows. I, I love or shows. Or of any movie that's not Attack of the Clones, to be fair. Listen. I respect it. I, I do. I have to be attacked like this. Um, I, I wonder, too, um, and like maybe I'm just like projecting here, but especially with, you know, th- the dynamic that we see with Bale and Mon Mothma and Padme, like, it's the three of them. They're kind of like, you know, they, they have their faction in the Senate, but it, it's those three that are the center. And that has, like, with that, if you're one of those three, you've got a little more flexibility. But if one of them dies because she lost the will to live, then suddenly, like, shit, somebody has to step up. And, like, I wonder how much of, you know, seeing Mon Mothma kind of step up is not because she's inspired to but because she's like obviously she's inspired to Padme is the best nobody's questioning this but like she doesn't really have a choice if she wants the rebellion to to live and move forward and honestly Padme's death I don't think that like the day-to-day people like even her friends outside Bale thought like okay she just died because of childbirth or whatever they're like this is very sus that she, like, died right when, like, all the Jedi are gone, this Empire, you know. I would be putting, like, conspiracy hat on in Star Wars if I, like, was there yeah. at that time. So I think it's not just, you know, being inspired by her, but, like, also being, like, I want revenge a little bit, if too. I like, we were... see that with the Handmaidens. They become the Amidalians in the comics. Yeah. And if they're, like, I were yeah, we're going to take out. Yeah. Yeah. Sabe, famously... Not Padme's lover, which is a whole other issue. Like she, she like very sketchily finds out that her best friend slash slash uh, deep love interest is married all of a sudden, and like, oh, her best friend casually told her that her husband murdered a whole village of people, and then this guy like. 
disappears after all of the children at the Jedi Temple die. And then, oh, Padme's dead, too. That's fucking weird. Also, I... the the the, le- the um, Legion that was in charge of that Jedi massacre was was the guy's, you know, Legion. He's the general of. That's very suspicious. The 501st? Yeah. Who, who does the 501st belong doesn't, to? Doesn't, I don't read the comics, so I'm not sure, but doesn't Sabe meet Vader at some point in the future? Yep. Does she? He thinks yeah, she's Padme for half weird. a second. Good job. Good job, Anakin. Knowing what your wife looks like. No trauma whatsoever. <laughs> is it's, that in the Marvel it's, comics? It's weird. It is very weird. But it's okay. fun, too. <laughs> yeah, it's in the current run of the um, Darth Vader series by Greg Pak. I also just kind of assumed that a lot of people died who we don't see in Revenge of the Sith. Like, maybe not all senators. Or maybe. Like, maybe if you're wiping out all the Jedi... And you're killing kids and burning cities and doing all these things. Like, the idea that you're also killing any, like, um, my brain is failing me. I was going to say, senators, like, dissenters, but I don't think that's a word. But, yeah, like, senators, I politicians, think... anybody who is leading, like, dissent, oh I would imagine would... also that's... was out. This definitely happened in Bad Batch. Yeah. No, but, like, Bad Batch, I'm... it happens afterwards, too. Is, yeah. Like, and my assumption has always been that, like... Even if people didn't know how Padme died, because I assume a lot of people didn't even know she's pregnant. I know she's visibly pregnant in her um, funeral procession, but like most people wouldn't even see that. So if her pregnancy was hidden from a lot of people, I would assume that like a lot of people probably were just like, oh, so many people died and like, well, don't know what happened to all of them. Like, guess they're gone. I don't know. That was always the way I always read that whole situation was like, I just assumed most people thought her death was political. I regret to inform you all that, um, off topic, but I regret to inform you all that when I looked up Darth Vader and Sabe, the first article that came up was Darth Vader and Sabe are a better pair than Anakin and Padme. Fuck oh, off. don't do that to They're Sabe. I am not caught up on that comic, world. and I can guarantee you that's I not true. Hate it. <laughs> wow. I mean, they want to like murder each other. So at least if I had to see that with my own that. eyes, so do Maybe you. like on AO3, people might think that, but no, don't no hate to AO3, but don't look that it's, up. It's don't clickbait. Look that it's going to clickbait. Yeah, good point. But Sabe famously fucking hates Anakin. And not in like Yeah, I love that scene where he's kind of way. He randomly comes, well, he comes to the apartment because that's where his wife lives. And she's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you can go sleep on the couch or floor. I'm not helping you with the pillows. Yeah. Oh, that scene always makes me feel a little bit creeped out, to be honest. Oh, yeah. We we talked about this on the last episode. I fucking hated that Mm -hmm. scene. I thought it was going to get a lot worse than it did. Yeah. But also, like, is that the one where Anakin is like, I'd be mad too if she picked you over me. Mm, no, I think that was yeah. later at the temple. No, it was. It was that scene. Oh, it was that in one in the bedroom? Great. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I hate it. Normal conversations yeah. to have with your wife's best friend, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I'm gonna I mean, us... do you do that to Kate's friends, Chris? Sorry, go ahead. Yes, That's just bad I here. always when they were when they were visiting last week i rubbed in all of their faces individually you know she picked me over you guys just so you know i don't know kate and i are very compatible on co-star it's so. true burb has sent us the co-star screenshots <laughs> co-star listen, thinks it needs to happen listen there's there's plenty of women in the world that kate would leave me for you're gonna have to get in line burb <laughs> I, i'm not in the front of that line women everywhere are amazing <laughs> co-star would put anakin and Savi together 
No. Oh yikes! I hope. The, oh, not. that's for later. We got. We have to save that. Oh, we that's, do have an astrology that's for the, question later. <laughs> that's so for funny. the shit posting. <laughs> um, I am gonna move us forward a little bit because we have one more point to talk about before we get to the shit posting. Um, one thing that Kate brought up is that there's a little bit of genre bending going on in this book because it is a YA book because E.K. Johnston only writes YA, except none of the characters are actually YA. Anakin is 1920-ish, so he is like potentially technically a teenager, depending on when his space birthday is. But like it's what on do y'all the year zero? Yes. <laughs> what do y'all think space makes Jesus. this a YA book, if anything? Because it's a continuation of a YA series. And it doesn't get the graphic, like not maybe? just sexually, but like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah refusal to read. dive deep into certain like dark ideas. Yeah, and um, in Brotherhood, at least they, she's like, Padme and Anakin are like going out on a date, and she's like, "I bought a blanket," you know, the <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So it's a little bit more implied, and that's an actual grown-up yeah. quote book. It's, it's so interesting to me that there isn't more sex in this book because, like, Star Wars YA, they let them get away with a lot in Star Wars YA. Like, Leia 100% has sex in Princess of Alderaan. Like, I'm pretty sure... As like, people should. lost their goddamn minds. Clear, as she should. Oh, absolutely. There's no judgment here. Um... Except like, by Brie, Pat, like, our, oh, you should have got a smuggler first. You Lost Stars has, has sex in it, too. That was the Lost first Stars time, has I sex think. In it, yep. yeah. um, what's the Jin one? Rebel Rising has sex in it. I'm pretty sure Queen Shadow, Sabe, and Tanra have sex yeah. as well. I missed mm-hmm. We that talked about that last time because Burb was like, heterosexual sex doesn't exist to Burb. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Burb, Burb blacked out for that part. <laughs> Can you listen? <laughs> We have it like on our last recording. To be fair, I'm not just being homophobic. Like you no, said, it, it, it is this. <laughs> this exact conversation happened on episode 166 of the Bookworms Pod. I know E.K. Johnson doesn't like Anakin from like what she said on Twitter, so maybe she just doesn't <laughs> want to like imagine that to write it. You know? Yeah. I mean, to be yeah. fair, I don't also. I also don't want to think about Anakin having sex. So. I can't imagine it's any good. No. So I'll stay there. No. I was I was gonna make the off color jokes that even for this pod yeah. might be a little over the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. refrain. <laughs> wait, wait, put them in put them in the book wars chat pod. Yeah. Or er, signal is what I mean. I don't know, y'all. I haven't even had half this beer. Don't blame me. Uh, don't blame that. Um and speaking of Kate Johnston talking about how she doesn't like Anakin. One thing that she has also said um, back like when this book first came out is that she didn't really see herself writing this book when she first wrote Queen Shadow, like writing a book like this about them post-marriage or during marriage. Like They sure made her do it, though. Mm-hmm. Do you have, do you have I... more on that, Burb? <laughs> or Candace. Oh, I, I, I just love that she made the book as gay as she possibly could, <laughs> and was like, "Oh, they're married. Also, they love each other." 
Anakin casually admits genocide. I was hoping for more Anakin Padme. Like, we see them, like, in Attack of the Clones, even as a child. I was like, I don't get it. The two of them together. Especially, like, let's go get married after, like, a week together kind of thing. But Clone Wars really made me be like, okay, I get why she might think Anakin's hot. He's, like, confident and he's got a swagger. The animated Anakin, you know? Yeah. So, I was hoping... To see more of, like, why they were together. Because this is before Ringer yeah. the Sith. This is before... Uh, who's that banker? Clovis. The Clovis mm-hmm. thing where I'm like, I'm pretty sure they would not have gotten back together if she was not pregnant after that, you know? So. We've talked before in the pod about how they must just be Mormon. <laughs> like, there's no other way that they're, they're, Christian they're getting married actually? after, like... I get the adrenaline was pumping at Geonosis, okay. but like, come but on. Let's be real. It's not because of that because we see like sex happens outside of right. m- marriage. Like, I mean, Jason Sindula happened somehow. Um, I mean, they were essentially married at that point, though. They were they were space married. <laughs> Which is probably married. the only way no. they Oh, no, got no. Over we just it. meant Padme like or Anakin. Like, or one Anakin, of yeah. Be so Mormon. it yeah. might be like a Naboo thing or. A tattoo. I don't know. I don't but think it's a Naboo I, thing, man. I think Anakin's never met another person in his life. <laughs> on like a personal puberty level. is an interesting experience when you're the chosen one. I think it's legit because it was the early 2000s, and George Lucas was like, "Well, they're going to have babies, yeah. so they have." There's to a lot be of married. Christianity, like in Star Wars, obviously, but yeah, like I do I totally agree. Of course, I think that's what it is. It's a movie for children, but also like as someone who grew up in an environment in which most people I knew who had kids were not married. Even as a little kid, I was like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> I think, I think, cause it's still like a touchy. So I was amazed that they did it with Jason Sandula when Hera and Kanan weren't married. Yeah. For a kids, for a kids for show. For a kids show. A Disney but kids course, show. But of course you don't see her pregnant even. And so you're, you just hear like Sabine being like, he's a lot like his father, not saying it's Kanan, you know, even though he's very human looking. But with Luke and Leia, you see, like, Padme actually pregnant. So I feel like it's, like, the moral panic of the slightly early 2000s of, like, because more people more at that time, that's when it started being, like, less marriage, I feel like. Yeah. Then. So I think that's like, true. And I think, like, whatever the religious version of, like, whatever Christianity to religion is that heterosexuality is to heteronormativity. Like, it's that whole concept in the early 2000s was huge, where, like, as someone who did not come... Well, half my family is very religious, but, like, as someone who was not raised in a very religious way, I remember, like, seeing those values all the time in media and just being like, what the fuck? Like, this feels weird. Even now, like, in politics, I get weirded out by it. Um, And actually, fun fact, I've since learned that people who grew up in New England actually don't get exposed to as much religious talk. It's like a big thing in politics where political candidates have to be told, have to be told to tone down religious talk in the Northeast, even though people are religious, like it's not as much of a part of like the regional culture. Um, And so I do think you're right that like, yeah, it's no, (laughs) seriously, it's a thing. Like they tell presidential candidates not to include, they can say like God bless America, but they're not like, they're explicitly told not to talk about religious things in the Northeast. Um, yeah, I grew up. I grew up fundamentalist Christian. Yeah. The sex thing in particular was like mm-hmm. 
the worst thing you could do next to being gay. <laughs> I just, I don't feel like we had much media back then of people having kids and not, for children, I mean, for like the under. It was 10. also the time where like, even though Padme is not a single mom because she's dead, but um, <laughs> it was also that, sorry, but it was also the time where like single moms and unmarried moms were so politically persecuted at that time. Like they weren't literally prosecuted, but they were persecuted. I've heard from a lot of people who were single moms, including my own mother, like that the things people said publicly that were celebrated about single moms and unwed mothers in the early 2000s and late 90s were completely despicable. So I think if if they didn't have a wedding, like people would have probably in some way then projected those same values that were so brazenly celebrated. Um, Just thinking about how George Bush was president. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I wish the book like kind of explored more. Like saying, okay, this is why they wanted to get married because that's like, I don't, I don't think that Johnson should do the work for George Lucas, but I think this is an opportunity to fill in holes like that. So it makes more sense. But like when you're a kid though, like when I talk to clones, like first time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, they're in love. That's what you do when you're in love. Like you get married. Each other pairs through space. Yeah. I'm used to like Disney, like happily ever after true love, get married, Mm. done. You know, it's interesting because I saw it the opposite way as a kid and I was always like uncomfortable. I was like, oh, Oh, I guess they're getting married now. (laughs) Yeah. Like once I got a little bit older and I was like, that's weird. How long do they know each other? She's like the sand comet kind of thing. Like that's what made her go. Yes, that please. He massacred a whole fucking shit. Yeah, that too. And she was like, I'll I'll marry you. Okay. She didn't say anything to anyone. Except Sabe, and she's like, well, yeah, she oh yeah, that BT dub, that was Anakin. I generally I love- assume race is different in space, but that's a moment where I'm like, yeah, Padme is a white woman. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the yeah. the well, it didn't happen to my people, so it's fine. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the only unfortunate thing I think with Mon Mothma kind of taking over Padme's kind of quote unquote role. It's like <laughs> they both kind of exude this white woman energy. Um. That is interesting to watch, to say the least. It's girl power. The um, force is female. Oh my god. <laughs> I I do respect the hell out of UK Johnston, though, for instead yeah. of like actually writing something that will show us, you know, Anakin and Padme having a healthy and loving relationship, just having Sabe see, I can see why you're into him. It's like it's huge, like you introducing your best friend to your like shitty partner who everybody else can see is beneath you. Energy. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. That was that there. was the royal you. That was not a dig at you, for specifically. I, it's like damn, I you haven't like met she... anybody I've dated. Fuck you. <laughs> I like that she explored like Padme being like sad about her wedding and being like, oh, I can't have any of my friends or family here. I'd be like, yeah. That's a big freaking deal. Maybe no one can know flag. about it. I just, I wish they explored that more. <laughs> Have you read the Revenge? I, ha- I listened, I haven't checked out the whole all 176 episodes, but like, have you guys read the Revenge and the Sith novelization? No, unfortunately. I have, yeah. Okay. It's interesting what he says about like why Padme's into him, into Anakin. And it's just, 
she likes that he's like breaking the rules for her and she thinks that's hot. It's so 90s sci-fi. It's like, She's yeah. look at this I bad mean, boy of the galaxy. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I like, also did dumb things when I was 19. <laughs> yeah, but she's 25. <laughs> her brain's fully developed. She doesn't have a thing that prefrontal cortex is already she developed. Can, yeah, she can rent a car. She's good. You know? It's Anakin <laughs> that you gotta, like, he's the 19-year-old who's stupid. He famously cannot rent a space car. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just because he keeps breaking them, probably. He loves to crash those things. That's the real reason he steals one in Attack of the Clones. He could have rented somebody else could have rented it, but he's just like right. shit. He had Too to young. find one he liked. Um, let's move firmly even more into the shit posting realm. Um <laughs> Our this page. one I can tell is yours for this first one. So <laughs> let's just let's dive okay. in and talk about astrological signs for the handmaidens. <laughs> so I put this thought down while we were recording the episode last time. I think we were shitposting about Anakin being a Gemini because he's definitely an air sign. That's why Chris likes him. Yeah. Listen, we all have faults. Um. So astrological signs for the handmaidens sashay and yane are a capricorn cancer power couple she's in the fucking like naboo senate her wife is just down with like let's adopt ten thousand children who almost died in this mudslide they're deeply in love it's gross i love it so much uh sabe has to be a fire sign absolutely like, she's ready to pop off and i'm gonna claim her for all the fire signs i don't think she's an aries though no i don't sorry th- she, she's not a sag i don't know i bother she but she's not a leo i don't know what the fuck she is she's, she's not a sag she's not she's, like crazy she's enough not, to be a sag. she's not an earth sign either so maybe she's is... an aries let's claim her maybe she's the maybe she's a march aries so she's like, like a little more a... stable <laughs> I like her as a Leo personally, but but she's not self-absorbed enough to be Leo. Like I love Leos, but they're crazy. She's a fine. And she's not girl. airheaded enough to be a Sag. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Sag people. I don't really believe astrology, but it's really fun for talking shit. I gotta say, I love astrology. You know, I, I tried to apply this, this to right. I tried to think about what Padme must be, and I was like, she's got to be an Earth sign, but. She's got to have a water moon if she's doing these stupid decisions for love. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's got to be like a Virgo or a Capricorn. I don't think she's but a with Cap. some water. I'd put Maybe her a as, Pisces moon. I think I'd put her as like a Taurus. No way. No, she's not like self. I'm sorry. Like, I have so many Taurus <laughs> friends. Everyone at my work is a Taurus. They all talk about Taurus energy all the time. Like she's that. like, because she's willing to sacrifice her own comfort too often to be a Taurus. Hmm. That's okay. their whole thing. I love how I've just learned so much from memes that I can like pretend to understand this whole conversation. You're doing I, great. I know nothing about astrology, but my best friend is really into it, and they'll just tell me things, and I'll be like, "So true, Queen. I, <laughs> I'm with you." I really wish Kate were here because Kate like would be roasting every single handmaiden through astrology right now. This is very true. I also know nothing about astrology except for I, I mostly know what Jess because from yeah. 
I mostly know what I've learned from our Ho-Chat, to be fair, and from, like, my astrology-obsessed friends and coworkers. And memes. Oh, yeah, memes, of course. Lots, lots, lots of uh, astrology memes. Astrology memes are great only if they're good for roasting. They're not great if they're, like, deep and powerful, and I'm like, nah. They're this. great right up until they hurt my feelings, then... <laughs> See, I don't get my feelings hurt by memes. I'm like, it's a meme. Every single Capricorn meme like rips me to my very soul. And I I'm a Capricorn too. I think that's probably part of it. So you understand. <laughs> okay, you can't join the pod. I'm just kidding. <laughs> too, too many Capricorns. Okay, you know that we would get so much shit done. Would we though? I'm going to yes. refrain from the roasting I want to give because this is recorded. Okay, don't. I have a fire moon, so it's fine. Candace, can we ask your astrology <laughs> or zodiac? That's what you should call it. <laughs> you can tell I don't know what the fuck I'm talking. All about. I know is I'm. An, I was born in February, so Aquarius. I don't know anything about astrology. Okay, love that's it. Fair. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. learned it all from our uh, our group chats. So, all right. So, Kate is not here. To defend her argument, but is Anakin a Gemini? Oh, that was think... mine. Oh, that was yours. Excuse me. That She's was mine. Me. Chris is our resident Gemini. You have to answer that question. I assume yes, but I yeah. mean, what listen, sign is most of a mess? It's. I mean, Gemini? it's not not Gemini. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of mess. Like everyone's a mess. It's it's the famously that's what being a person is. Yeah. My personal experience <laughs> is that humanity is a mess. We were all a mistake. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm not super into astrology, but like, Anakin has always been one of my favorite characters. Like, since like seeing the prequels, like bad 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 writing, bad acting, and all. Like, I do. F I feel like he is. I don't know. My thing with Anakin is that he's not into like other people's drama. As much he's as I feel like, like the it's the Jedi stereotype. He's not like um, the other Jedi. Chris, he's like a cool can guy. I Wait, no. Let me remind you of the Satine and Obi-Wan arc in Clone Wars. Right. Where okay, he was leaping for that. He that was you know like, what? That is such a fucking more. excellent point. <laughs> and like, you don't think that Vader is like... Remember that whole in... Um, Another, from a certain point of view, Ray Sloan chapter with Vader being like, "Oh, I heard people are talking shit about you. Tell me about it." Like Anakin, also, Anakin has always and will, and and will always be a messy bitch who lives for drama. Like that's right. just, where do you think the Luke most got dramatic bitch? He's the most dramatic one. Rogue One, he turned off all his breathing equipment to make a dramatic entrance. Two, Rebels season two finale. He came in in a freaking Tie Fighter. I've seen. He had that. to like program that shit to be like. I'm going to zoom in so I can see Ahsoka again and just be like, what? You know? Because it's just, yeah. So Gemini you think energy, Luke that's gets what Geminis it. are. Okay, you've all convinced me. He's definitely a Gemini. <laughs> can we have one day a special, like, whatever we call our special episodes to uh, to focus on this where we invite, like, Jess and a couple other folks on to... Um, they're called bonus episodes. Bonus, thank you. Um, to talk this shit for real and like go through all these Star Wars characters because it would be dope. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Everybody start thinking right now what sign Yaddle is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> Sweet famous. Wait, wait, wait. What's that one that they added when they got like when they added one in the two thousands that everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then they stopped using it again. What? Oh, sorry. My dog is uh, sleep barking. I swear this happened. I'm gonna look this up. It's like a little known zodiac. What, like, like, like a Pluto situation. Yeah. It I, was a Ophiuchus. I don't know how to say this shit. Ophiuchus, Ophiuchus, and Cetus are the two signs added in the 1970s. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> that's what Yaddle is. I have an answer because I know nothing. Because <laughs> she maybe exists. <laughs> right, exactly. I was looking for the part where um, Sebi and Padme are talking. And Padme is the one who's like, oh, yeah, he is intense. He murdered a bunch of Tuscans. Like, she's mm-hmm. the one who volunteers that information. She That's the most Padme. Shit. You just told her. She just found out you were married to this guy. And you're like, you before, she's like, do you like him? And then she's like, by the way, he murdered a bunch of people. Padme, you got to keep that shit to yourself. Like, it's, it's like... <laughs> It's like if you went to a high school reunion and you were like, oh, my God, girl, you were so smart. I'm so happy to see you. And you're like, wait, that's your husband? And she's like, yeah, he's a cop. Like, it's the same thing. (laughs) No, she's like, I tried to. Pabby's like, I tried to talk to him. But then we got a message from Obi-Wan. And then Sabe's like, and then you got married. (laughs) Which is like what we were all thinking. It's just such a subconscious cry for help. (laughs) Padme says, when you say it like that, it sounds terrible. Like, have you ever had like this specific, like a girlfriend kind of situation that's like, you're, you're, you, you know, her boyfriend's a piece of shit and you're just kind of hoping that they'll break up. And then, and then she's like, one day we're engaged. And you oh have to my keep God. I wish I didn't know like 10 people like that. I oh no, I don't keep it to myself. Then I just do the like, please don't invite me to the wedding. Thank you. I prefer that I don't my know girlfriends if I like do this, not have like, boyfriends. This part made me cringe. Like about Padme. She's like, um, when you say it like that, it sounds terrible. By the time I couldn't imagine doing anything else, I can't. I still can't. And she says, it's just so thrilling. We never just stop died. to work anything out because we're always stealing moments alone or crashing into the next mission. And she says, it sounds like a hollow novel. Those are red flags. Yeah. I'm like, no. Red space flags. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's Padme. Like, what we see in like phantom like i need more explanation be like is this because she was like doing politics at age five or something like you know even if she like taught i mean i'm not saying in any way it's justified but like give the context of the mo- like if if she were justifying it to herself in some terrible way as like avenging his mom or like oh it happened because he was already there like it's not acceptable obviously i have all people i'm not like woo let's go genocide but like, it's still. That's what it, I just. That's what don't... it says in the Revenge of the Sith book. Is like, yeah, exactly. She understands because she's like, I like that he was passionate about his mom dying or something. Like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> this I love that he has shit. no anger management skills whatsoever. That during the Indian Wars, when these like white women would steal native babies literally from their parents' corpses. This is the shit they were saying. And they're like, oh, but I love that my husband is so passionate about finding me more land. Like, it's fucked. It really, really bothers me. It's not great. It's cool. Sorry, Padme. I, I like Padme, but not right now. It's cool. Historical context. I mean, and also, yes. like, and this isn't something we really got into, but, like, one of my thoughts about this book is that it is clear from top to bottom how much Kate Johnston did not want to write this book. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I I really love the first one, but this one I was not feeling as much. 
She wants Padme to be gay so badly. I think she just has no, like, I think she wants to save Padme from Anakin's bullshit. I think she does want Padme to be gay. And also she's like, please, I don't know how to make this work. It's not cool. Please stop. It's a train wreck. And now I have to be a part of it. Yeah. This one, this one has big uh, written for the paycheck vibes, which I respect. Listen, we all get that bag. Like we all got to do it. Get that Lucasfilm money. (laughs) In it for the income, not the outcome. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, Candace, I do have one kind of like question statement thing uh, for you. I know a, that you, it's more of a comment than a question. More of a comment than a question. Yeah. Uh, you uh, led a phenomenal panel at Star Wars Celebration London all about Padme. Um, do you have anything else from that panel that you want to talk about and how, you know, it might, it intertwines with, you know, the portrayal of Padme that we've talked about today? Just something that like a lot of the questions and the panelists we talked about is like, we just want more Padme. Like we feel like there's still like, even these books, like I feel like we scratched the surface still with her. And I, again, I want to know, like I want to understand why Anakin and Padme happened. So maybe like an actual romance book, even though yes, it's, it's obviously a toxic relationship, but at some point something happened <laughs> To make those twins, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like it was just great. It was amazing to know that so many people still love Padme. And it was, yeah, people had some great questions and yeah. Awesome. No. I said most said... of it during this discussion. Like, no, that's Padme fair. Knowledge. That's super fair. Like, honestly, you said romance novel, and I'm like, now I really want Zoraida Cordova to write an Anakin Padme romance because oh, for that might be the only person I'd be cool with writing. Yeah, it, to be honest, for those who don't yeah. know, she is she is an actual romance author who writes under the pen name Zoe Castile, um, and she and she is all she is a Raylo shipper um, in the sense that she knows that it is messy and terrible, and that's why she loves it. And so I feel like she would write Anakin and Padme very well because she would be able to like hit those notes of like, this is somewhat believable. And also I'm horrified. Like, you know, <laughs> she also has written Star Wars before and she once very generously and graciously joined us on the pod, which like really says something considering we are such a like, yeah, shout not only Soraya. a hot mess, we're like I still can't fucking a mess that that's gone through an incinerator and is still trying to burn. Like, also, bad. can I just say I did trash? I didn't trash this book, but I said like, not my favorite. Um, but E.K. Johnson was really great. She donated to. Um, we did a fundraiser for trans rights or human rights. This is a way after certain things happened with the Mandalorian, and she donated a lot of money to the transgender law center. Is what we were fundraising for, and yeah, she came on our show to promote it and everything like that. So yeah, so wow. Oh, that's awesome. The first one, I really yeah. like the first book. This is a very pro E.K. Johnson podcast. I was on a yeah, panel with 100%. her a few years ago. She was great. She is, yeah, she of, is wonderful. We made fun of Corin Horn together. It was a great time. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, I think that is a great place for us to wrap it up. And first and foremost, thank you so much to our two amazing guests for joining us. Candace from the Geeky Waffle, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Ashton from Rogue Podron, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
we hope that you all will join us next week uh, when we start talking about The High Republic again. We're going to be reading The High Republic, The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott, uh, which is uh, the second adult book in phase one of The High Republic. Reading started the book through chapter 14. We're super excited. Meanwhile, if you have the means, first and foremost, don't give it to us. Donate if you uh, are able to transformationskc at transformationskc.org. Then, if you do that and still want to support us, you can donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookhorsepod. Uh, both of those really help us cover our hosting and production costs. And a reminder for Patreon subscribers or potential subscribers, we have a new $2 a month tier where you can watch me and Kate stream various video games. I am playing Jedi Survivor right now. Uh, I am going to stream it again and actually not have my mic muted the entire fucking time because that's totally a thing that happened earlier this week. It was great. Um, so much banter that nobody nobody got to hear. Uh, but just imagine it was great. Uh, meanwhile, shout out to all the pets and guest pets of the pod this week. Obviously, we have Argos, Jasper, Orca, and Tony. But also, we have Wedge Arftilles, Tifa, Bucky J Barks, the Winter Barker, Barker, and Maple, who is a dog that Kate and I are dog sitting and we'll put a picture of on the Insta. So thank, thanks to everybody for you know unknowingly supporting all of these pets' lifestyles as well. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done by me. That's why it sucks. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to everybody for being on. For From all of us here at Book Wars Pod, Kate, Kristen, Miranda, Rana, Ashton, and Candice, I'm Chris. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>